2: So we've got to the last week of the season and at this point you might be asking yourselves the same questions as last year and the year before and probably the year before that. It's Saracens bloody hell. How are they so good? What is it that has made them the number one club in Europe? On Saturday they face Exeter Chiefs in the Gallagher Premiership final at Twickenham, their favourites to win that too. How why and why such sustained excellence? So in search of the answers in the noble quest for truth. Like every decent journalist, I've come to the pub. It isn't a normal pub, though. It is the HQ of Wolfpack Lager, the young brewery founded by and run by two of Saracen's most faithful servants. So I'm delighted to introduce Alistair Hargreaves, uh, former captain, uh, five, years a, five years a player?
0: Five years, yeah, there and thereabouts.
2: Five years a player. Uh, it's a handful of uh, Springbok caps in between, um, numerous trophies lifted. Uh, and uh, business partner Chris Wiles, 10 years of Saracen? 10 years, Did That's you right. score
0: more tries than Al?
2: I did. <laughs> 70-odd. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very
0: much. So he just pipped you, Al? Just, just narrowly. I think I, got, I think I managed to amass one. Well,
2: for those who <laughs> aren't single getting the try. joke, Al's a lock and, and, and Chris isn't. Um, uh, Chris, you uh, retired last summer. That's right. And then you, you missed it so much that came back. Had a...
3: Had a very strange comeback
0: week tell it i mean well we're actually, we're actually sitting at this table at the bar when when uh, when the phone started ringing weren't we?
3: yeah i got a call from um brad barrett actually who oh, i said on on quite a few occasions he's not he's not one to chat on the phone he's a lovely guy um <laughs> but he's not someone to call up and ask how you are and you know what's going on uh, and he said oh, how's the body feeling and i said you know i actually feel okay i'm actually doing right you know i play a bit of five-side football Um, and he said uh, do you fancy playing on the weekend and when he said that I was like okay well he's obviously he always likes taking the piss out of me anyway so I was like yeah I'll play
2: on the weekend so how many days this is
3: now now Monday this is now Monday and you know I'm the kind of guy that's never going to say no to to any kind of game thinking like he was just taking the piss as I say Um, (laughs) and puts the phone down next thing I know I've got Phil Morrow calling me who's our sort of, I don't know, what would you call my sport? sports performance director saying, Chris, I, I, I hear you've been playing so for 5 side football. I hear, I hear you're fit. I'm like, "What? what is going on here? So I was like, yeah, I, mean, I, I feel good. And then he puts the phone down, Smalley calls me, and he goes... <laughs>
0: accent please it's, it's small is Mark the uh, director of rugby yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: He's like Chris how do you want to play a game on the weekend oh not bad he does right? not
0: sound like you. Yeah. that that is shocking I've done I've done this accent every time it's I'm getting, it's getting it worse it's getting worse
3: anyway one thing led to another and I find myself at the Sarri's training ground on a, on a Wednesday trying to get through you know our, like our tough fitness day or training day and even even on the Wednesday so I train Tuesday train Wednesday even on the Wednesday I'm expecting to turn up to the training ground with all the boys laughing their heads off thinking that I was actually going to play a game of rugby on the Saturday and then the week just rolls on and next thing I know I'm on the pitch playing against Sail Sharks, first thing I do is run into um run straight into Solomona, look as a winger I wasn't exactly, I didn't have the most finesse as a rugby player, my game was based mainly on running straight at people and hoping for the best so I did that against him and he held me up like a little teenage boy um <laughs> turned over the ball and I thought this is just going from bad to worse but in the end lasted 70, 70 odd minutes set up a try
2: 70 minutes yeah, off a few five a side game yeah
0: yeah. well I, think, I don't think you've highlighted the fact that you had not only been retired for 6 months but you've been running a brewery Yeah. so it's been it's from from on the pitch to on the pitch in uh, at about 4 days flat so yeah, it's it a hell of an effort yeah, was, but
2: you've you resisted another comeback since or or actually the, the call hasn't come in uh, the call hasn't come in
3: Okay. well the second part of that story is I was actually due to play the next week and against Leicester and Smalley pulled me aside at the end of the game and said, Chris, you know, when do we have to let you know if you're, if you're available? And I said, oh, know, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, not, not a big deal. Just <laughs> let me know. Um, thinking full well that he's going to call me up. And he, he called me up to tell me that Lazalski had come back from England and would play the game. And I literally felt like I got dropped all over again. It was horrendous. And then Lazalski went on to win man of the match on the wing. So...
0: Did you get paid for that? Because at Wolfpack we didn't see a cent.
3: I got paid maybe okay, a little bit.
2: Okay, well yeah, you us. So you you you've got a part in this uh, in this final on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm you, invested. You played a role. Okay, we we are also joined, but I I would just love to hear about when your comeback plans are. But that's not, that's probably not a very funny conversation to have. Uh, sorry, insensitive. But um, uh, that was um, Will Fraser, who uh, you retired summer 2017, two years ago now, and uh, you were part of the part of the golden generation. Can we call them that? No, mm-hmm. you can't. I was yogied
1: up in that group.
2: Okay, well said. Well yeah, said. You. Um, you, the other guys aren't interrupting and, and yeah, putting your good eye good there. They, they're yeah. just yeah. nodding yeah, their you're, heads. You're right. It's uh, the first honest thing you've said. So, Will, you, you, you came up through the, um, through the academy with the Jamie, George, Owen Farrell, Jackson Ray group who are at the forefront of it now. And um, unfortunately, injury scuppered uh, uh, much of your career. Uh, keen listeners can go back and listen to a full podcast on that from about uh, 18 months yeah. ago uh, on on the Ruck. Um, uh, but uh, you're you're still part of the system as well, as in you you still work for Saracens. Explain.
1: Yeah, so uh, I run a business for the club called the Saracens Way, where we essentially look at our journey as a club from being, quite frankly, pretty rubbish to now being pretty good, and how everything that's kind of created that journey. Is transferable into any other organisation in any walk of life because it all focuses around the culture, the people, and the values. So, um, so we run workshops with clients, anyone that's prepared to listen and, and learn something new. So yes, yeah, so I run that, which is which has been pretty fun, pretty interesting, very different to chucking the ball around for a living. But it's uh, it's nice to be, still be involved with the club and, and still see the boys as, as much as I do.
2: We'll talk about it in a, in a minute, but um, the, the the culture thing that that you, that you mentioned and how Saracens do stuff. Is something that people from outside the club roll their eyes at. One, because it's frustrating because it beats them, or 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 it's so successful. But two, that that it it fit. Is it hot air or is it not hot air? You're actually out there making, uh, uh, selling it as as a business, as a concept beyond a rugby team. Yeah, I think that the thing is,
1: we've all been very very fortunate to be to be part of it for a decent amount of time. I think it's one of those what's lovely about it is that it's not until you're really a part of it you really fully understand what goes into it That makes um and i think what we do with when we go and speak to clients is kind of talk around that this is what we try and do this is how we try and manage the performance manage the values with this kind of stuff but be very open and honest and say look we still have our own issues Mm. you know there's no such thing as a perfect culture in any organization so we have our own problems we've got to deal with and i think that human aspect to it, I think, is what really appeals to people, because yes, obviously the boys are doing phenomenally well on the pitch, and we have this incredible culture and incredible environment, but we still are no different to any other organisation, and we still have problems we have to deal with and have to solve, and it's how you go about doing that that really
2: is kind of the, the unique bit about the club. Hmm. Let's say we're in the Wolfpack Bar, North London, NW6, um, so... Kind of, we, we've got to we got to big up the brand a little bit, haven't we? I mean, we need to talk about the lager, uh, um, well as much as we can from your point of view. So, so okay, there's there's two beers you do, Wolf, yep. Wolfpat lager and Wolfpack pilsner. Correct. And I wonder if we could if we could discuss the beers, and marry up what Saracens player is closest to it to either of your either of your beers. So, Wolfpack lager, an untamed lager. Is our alpha male lager, you say. I'm just, I'm just reading from, from the spiel here that I got off your website. Untamed lager is our alpha male with a growling hop character and a robust mouthfeel. Um, brewed to bold, bold Bavarian methods and barely reined in by sweet melon and a snarl of pepper.
0: Now, if that's a Saracens player, who are we talking? I'm not quite sure he's got the best mouthfeel out of the boys.
3: <laughs> well, I say Bavarian, you'd go Justin Milk. Al- alpha male? Alpha male, hairy. Yeah.
0: Untamed, yeah. Untamed. Not a bad shot.
3: He'll be here Friday night, by the way.
0: C- c-
2: can we carry on because we we want a we want a current name as well.
0: Well, it's also about I think what will we design, what will we brew for specific players. I mean, if we had to brew a, a, a beer for Jamie George, for example, what, what would that look like? Probably be sold. S- yeah. sold yeah. This about, is the
2: whole podcast. It, We're going to it be sold, and sold in a Stein. it would be, be it be, be larger a, than life. It, no, no,
3: it would be it would be an, something. We have to create a new glass for Jamie George. <laughs> it be a, the girthiest glass you've it'd ever fish seen. Bowl. Yeah, it'd be a fishbowl. Yeah, be a fishbowl.
0: <laughs> you drink out of a fishbowl. <laughs> I like it. Quite a, you know, a strong, um, a strong beer? Mid-range? Mid, mid mm. Four percent, eh?
3: No, i would be strong for, you know. Heavy. He doesn't mind seeing a few back. He
1: gets on with everyone, doesn't he? So it would, ha- it would be like quite a universal beer. Absolutely. Like.
3: Table beer.
2: What's an what, what's Owen Farrell beer look like? Because I thought he might come in as the alpha male with I think, a I think of sn- snarl of, snarl I, think of it, I, I think it looks like a glass
0: of water, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think uh, Owens is the, the most consummate professional we, we, we know, so he certainly picks his moments to have good times, but I don't think, there'd be a, I don't think he'd be lending his name to, to a beer anytime soon. No. The Maro Toji Brew? Well, it'd probably be the best beer in the world, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, it it'd win all the awards every single, ga- every single game, man of the match, you know? Um, oh, it'd be easy.
2: You you also, um, your your other brand is the Wolfpack Pilsner. Uh, I I don't even know the word, which, as a journalist, I probably should. But you describe it as a sazy bastard.
0: (laughs) Sazy bastard. Yeah, we got a little bit loose with our marketing. I even Googled it, and Um, it doesn't come up as slang for anything. (laughs) Sars is the type of hops that is uh, used in Czechoslovakian Pilsner. All right. Um, Foolish me. Yeah. So there. So there is is an education. Yeah sitting with the, with the beer connoisseurs. We've certainly tasted enough in our time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. It's, it's, it. a, it's
2: a saucy bastard and an easy drinking Pilsner. So easy drinking. Clean, light, and brewed in true Bohemian style. Well, you're talking about me there, aren't you? Clean,
0: light. Wow, well would there. you concur? Easy, easy going. Easy going. Easy going. Bohemi- uh, Bohemian. No, I'm not sure about Bohemian. Yeah, you, you know. That could be cocky, though. Could be cocky. That could be cocky. So do you, think, do, you think, do, do you think our beer is just targeted at old South Africans?
3: <laughs> old, hairy.
0: Justin Mark, Neil South de Kock. Old, Harry South Africans at yeah.
3: that. By default,
1: you are an old, hairy South
0: African. So there you go. <laughs> um, you know, we, we talk about, about Jamie, so, something easygoing. Um, it's probably something like that. Like, Jamie would be a good guy to have around the table to, to consume a few pints of Pilsner with. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay.
2: For, uh, fair to say that if, um, if Saturday's final goes well, then... You'll be seeing the
0: aforementioned and many
2: others in this bar on Saturday afternoon.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, the Saracens are so close to our story. We're so passionate about the club. You, you mentioned the culture. And, um, and the reason why I was in our started Wolfpack is because we wanted to have a job that we loved, like we did when we were playing rugby. So we invested time and energy into starting it during our careers. And, and, and we've tried to bring the values and ethos of, um, of Saracens and the Saracens Wolfpack into, into our business. So the fact that we still get to enjoy celebrations with the boys when they do win things, Um, is really fantastic. and it's uh, There there is quite an old
2: boys' culture, isn't there? For Uh, sure. I
0: I mean, I I know that lots of former Saracen
2: players went to Newcastle for the European final. I mean, you said that a a bunch of the old South African players are coming back for this weekend.
3: Well, do you know, we were just touching on it earlier, it's actually, particularly in the last 10 years, those that have been affected by this culture in a positive way now have such a strong feeling towards the club. Yeah so obviously there are lots of um older saris boys prior to 2008 who feel passionately about saris of course they do and and they feel um they feel their connections but i think there's something post that 2008 journey um a lot of who those guys that will be coming over um, from South Africa and who who just there's that connection it's not just hot air actually mm-hmm. they've bought into the culture they've been personally affected by it in a positive
0: way so now they want to still be part of that. And they've, and they've bought into it and, and, and built it from the ground up, right? And I think you mentioned, you know, some people get a bit sick of this, uh, the, the, the media snippets. You see, oh, Saracens are going on a trip. You know, they're going on a holiday. And, and you know, it's, it's all this. These are, the,
2: these are the booze cruises that you do to yeah, exciting places cruises. around the world. It's,
0: what? Team bonding. These are the
2: team bonding occasions. That you...
0: But The principle behind those is, is, is quite simple. And it's, it's that if you take people out of their working day to day environment, they actually have different kinds of conversations. Yeah, so they really, really work. and. Um, and yeah, you see, see the hot air, hot air, but um, but culture is bloody hard work. You know, it's uh, it's something you've got to be on top of every single day. So I feel that's what keeps you know these ex players you know part of the community. Is they go they look at that side and go, I was involved in that. You know, part of the success at mm-hmm. are... Kind of reaping on the field now. We're, we're built years and years ago through these amazing mm. characters that we've had as part of the club.
2: Okay, so so seriously, if, if I, I like to imagine that m- most other Premiership players will be tuning into the Ruck this week to 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 get their catch up on what's going no, on in th- in th- the no world of won't. rugby. No, they won't. Not when they see the Saracens, uh, exactly. the Saracens edition so, on the head It's, their it's a rough crowd today.
3: Look, they'll, they'll be in Greece or something, won't they?
2: Um, yeah, no, they'll be uh, they'll be on the beach. Yeah. Um, but if they were listening. <laughs> thanks for disabusing me of that if they were listening they they, they would be rolling their eyes and, and going yeah but 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 we love our club too well we think our club's great as well and 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 what's your answer to that because why why how is it different to saracen to other players to other clubs you do you do go on you do go on these infamous trips where you get pissed together and have a great time as you just mentioned and and that's great but it's 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 more than that clearly
1: i think the thing with with those And it's hard for me to really comment other clubs because i've been fortunate to have my entire career and still now at sarah's but i think the trips the trips are amazing and they have huge benefit to us as a group of people but they're almost kind of the the cherry on the cake if you like yeah so much that goes in on a day-to-day basis working around getting to know each other better building levels of trust living and breathing the club values caring for each other then putting all that onto the training pitch into the gym into a match actually those I say those trips are the cherry and the cake they really just bring the whole bit together if you like if you just went on those trips without any of the groundwork before then you would not get the benefit from them that we are fortunate to get and this is when I said at the very start the culture is such that until you've really been part of it you never really appreciate how much mm. into it and even if we sit here and try and describe it to you it doesn't do, any, do it justice and a lot of players that join the club you know there's been a couple of joined in, in recent years who have turned around and actually gone I heard about what you guys have done, but actually being part of it, it's so much more than anyone outside appreciates. And I think that's the brilliant thing about it, from our point of view, that it's.
2: Can you separate out, <clears throat> to, to answer the, the question I, so I introduced at the, at the beginning? It, why Saracen's so good? Can you separate out what you've just been talking about, Will, the, the environment and the, and that caring and getting to know each other from the fact that the coaching is clearly excellent because you do get a lot of great players but, but I can't think of many who haven't got better since they've been there mm. uh, to the fact that the recruitment is cr- clearly good or, or I mean, what, what's your answer to it to why they are good or is it just the whole melting pot of all that stuff?
3: One thing I was just going to add and <coughs> I'll, I'll go on to answer that question in a second what Will touched on earlier is that we don't always get it right either mm. and it's just the fact that I think every coach every the um, person who's involved in management and the players are always considering how they can improve. So it's continually trying to assess what they're doing and then seeing where the improvements can come, both in the culture, the players, the recruitment, everything. And I think I've only been at one other club really properly, Northampton, in, in the year that it got relegated. So I can't also, <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to be, to be at Saris for a long period of time. But I wonder at those clubs how much they honestly do look into these things and don't just pay it lip service.
2: Can you, can, you, can, I, can you three possibly give like one example of something like that or a, a, a change or something that you did? or
1: I, I think one of the biggest examples you can give is going to the point of can you separate the coach and the recruit and the environment. is that Actually, the whole point is that they're all one and the same. So what are we actually recruiting players against? Yes, from a rugby point of view, they need to be a certain level, but then we're recruiting them against our culture and our values and our environment and actually trying to recruit people that are going to fit into that and add to it and help evolve it. So I think you know you look at um, when we signed Skelts, Will Skelts. He came over on a three-month trial. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. I mean, he's a he's a monster of a man. He's, he's obviously an incredibly talented rugby player. It was it was a trial for him and his wife to make sure yes, they're moving halfway across the world. Do they like the weather? Do they go on with the other couples? Do they like St Albans, where the training grounds, where they live? Yeah. Because if we were come and they hated St Albans, they didn't get on with the lads. Then Will can't give himself to the club. You can't become the player who's become because he's constantly got this niggle in the back of his head thinking, ah, oh, actually I'm not enjoying this, I want to be back home, I want to do... So when you look at that as kind of intertwining it all, we are recruiting very good rugby players, but better people that are going to fit into the club. And then the coaches as well, the same. The coaches, you, you, have an environment and culture almost gives you criteria to hold yourself accountable to. And mm-hmm. I think recruitment, how we play, how we manage conversations how we, why we go on the trips, all of that is all accountable to the environment we're trying to create and trying to evolve and
2: trying to improve. After the um, uh, European Champions Cup uh, triumph in Newcastle, the conversation t- in, the, in the media turned a bit to, to how good are Saracens compared to the Saracens of two years or three years ago, whatever. And lots of media people. And we love these sort of conversations. Saracens now better than ever. Do you think
0: that that's the case? Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, the guys do get better and better. But, but, but hang
2: uh, on a none of you three are playing for them anymore.
0: Yeah, that is, that's exactly <laughs> why they're so, so, so good. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, even on the weekend, there was a moment for me when, uh, when Marrow made that, that line break and he, he threw the most ridiculous dummy I'd ever seen in my life and then got the offload away to, to put Ben in, into the corner. And I just thought to myself, two years ago, he's running straight into that fullback. He's going to hurt him. But you'd have but, done that, Al. Well, of course, I would have stepped them. But um, that's, yeah. ju- that's just me. That would have been your second try. That would have been my career. second try. <laughs> I would, would have doubled my tally in one fell swoop. <laughs> um, but I think the, these players you mentioned, uh, mentioned Will's generation, they, they've grown. They started as, as kind of young kids in the academy. And now these guys are top, top international players. And they are driving the behaviours, the culture, the standards in that club. And they get better and better because they, they're so invested in the, in the environments. And it's got to a point now, you mentioned coaches. Our, our coaches are excellent. So I look at all the... All the players that have benefited from this, this great coaching environment that we have, but chatting to Al Sanderson last week, he was saying, "Well, the players are taking more and more control of even the, the technical coaching aspect, yeah, because they, they just know the club so well and they're such students of the game, so they get they get better and better each season." Absolutely.
2: And, and that that leads to the, to the next question that w- which Mila also asked is, w- "When's it going to stop, or how would it stop? What 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 would what would?" St- what would stop this club's incredible progress? Because Saracens have been
0: winning for six years now. Well, I personally think that um, if, if, the, if the environment and the culture doesn't evolve, that's when we'll get ourselves into trouble. You if know, it plateaus. It's, it's easy to say, well, we've got the winning formula, just do things the same way for the next 10 years and everything will be okay. But culture has to evolve as well, depending on the, the, the players, about how they change, how they, how they develop as people, um, what their expectations of the club, of the coaches, of the people around them are. So I think, again, you have to have a very close eye on these little things that happen every single day and notice that or acknowledge the fact that although we talk about this culture time and time again, it has to evolve to be relevant and, and continue evolving for the club to be at its best.
2: Okay, try, try, can you try and answer that in other ways? So I, I wrote that question, so what, what could stop them? And then, I, and then in question marks, I've got uh, Owen Farrell having a, a career-ending injury uh, slash Mark McCall going to coach England or Ireland. So if you took one of those two away, do you think that the... I think this is the whole reason, because if you look at Saracens of old, kind of the, what we call the pre-revolution
1: stuff. The dark days. The dark days, yeah. Um, the thing with that was that was the exact problem, was that having, we had, I think we had 11 directors of rugby in space for 10 years. We were buying these huge name players. But no one was really adding to what we are doing because there was no identity in those cultures. So the, the whole kind of birth of the culture was... To make it sustainable, yeah. So that it doesn't matter who comes, who goes, who goes. The environment lives on. That's the sustainable aspect. So obviously we lose Owen, and that's gonna be a huge, huge blow. We lose Mark, that's gonna be a huge, huge blow. But then it goes back to the whole recruitment process. Is that the person that's gonna come in and fill their shoes? Whether it's a young Academy player or someone we bring in, will fit in to this environment as a bloke, which means they will add this environment as a bloke. So in terms of for me, the biggest thing that stops it is, as Al says, if we stop talking about the environment, if we stop looking to evolve <coughs> it, and off the back of that would mean we start bringing in the wrong people. Yeah, and that yeah. will slowly erode what we've got. So I think it is, for me, almost exclusively about the people within it.
2: Chris, can you see anything that, w- that would, be beyond what Will said, that would stop it? Is it? Is it the environment that continues it?
3: No, I think the foundations have now been put in place that you can pull people out and it will still operate. I mean, obviously losing Smalley would be, would be massive in one sense, but then you've had the consistency of all the coaches underneath him that, ha- that understand the message in the club so intimately that I think it would continue in the same vein as long as they're still pushing themselves and trying to evolve, as we've just mentioned a couple of times. I don't, you, you go back to the Exeter game, so as the second last game of the season, penultimate mm-hmm. game, and you look at the younger players coming through who represented Saracens on that day and you, you look, look at that and think well looks like we've got a lot of good players yet to come still and that and that's the hard work of the academy that's the hard work of of now the shift in mindset of of making sure that not shift in mindset but understanding there was this golden era that's fantastic um well now who's the next era? and how are we going to bring those players through and I know every club will look at that in the same way. But now that the foundation is in place, I think Sarri are able to bring in the correct people, the correct young players who they think mm. can then uh, grow in this environment. So you, it's just, you know, you're putting all these pieces together. I think the the, the answer to your question is, I think with with making the right decisions, Sarri will continue to be a big club. And why not? Let, how big have Leinster been for... I mean, when would you say Leinster started their so-called um level of dominance i don't don't, where would you put a year to that
2: well i think they they built and then they they seemed like successful sports teams uh they're cyclical that's that's the that's how we regard them you know even like manchester united did two decades or something but the cycle ran out i mean that you're in still in your first decade i suppose Mm -hmm. so uh leinster to me seemed to build fluctuate and dip a bit and, and
1: but they so everyone else that's considered a bit but they still won one of the european cups yeah. they're probably still in the playoffs of the pro 14 they, so in reality it's not really even a bit if you think about it that performance is still there it's just maybe because of a couple of decisions in a particular game they didn't quite make it over that final hurdle so i think this is the point why is making is actually why should it ever happen Ooh. Well,
2: there's no reason why well, I I I think the the, the challenge is well there's two challenges one for as as Al, you say if you keep evolving then it then it can perpetuate the other challenge is to is to the other 11 clubs or mm-hmm. all the other clubs is can they I mean if, if say so Alex Sanderson the head coach under Mark McCall if, if another let's if a other club who was unhappy with life said listen we, we think that Saracens know what they're doing and persuaded him with their checkbook to come. Could he Could he replicate, a, well, could he replicate
0: a, at another club what he's got at Saracens? I, I assume that that's what Guzzi's trying to do Paul Gustard exactly, at Exactly, yeah. You know, and, and he'll definitely bring those lessons that he learned at Saracens and try to find a culture that fits Quinns and fits those players in that environment. And I, I like what Will always says when he talks about the Saracens way is our way's not perfect but it works for us. And we're not saying to everybody, oh, you should all go do this or emulate Saracens. But We've been on top of it now for such a long time that we know it works and to answer your previous question, I, I kind of think the, the biggest challenge will be what happens when we do lose? You know, are we still able to fly the flag of treating people the best, you know, being best mates, communicating well, being positive every single day? Because there will come a point where Saracens will lose five games, six games, seven games. But that
2: ha- happened halfway through last it season, didn't it? And this was the
0: exact conversation they
2: had. They
1: were saying there were rugby issues that obviously need fixing. The fundamental reason we went on... This meeting was after the Claremont hammering at home, yeah. six games lost in a row. What they spoke about was actually culturally we'd started to drift away from what's got us here in the first place in terms of making memories, spending time with each other outside of training, all this kind of stuff. So, actually, what they said going forward was we need to start getting back to that. Yes, there are rugby things we need to fix and we'll look after them. And we'll, we'll, we have to start getting back to culturally who we are and what we're about. So, you know, the, the following game, then we played Claremont away. Uh, a stadium where even with the, and we had a few injuries that week with the best team we had and a vain rich run of form we have never come within what 10 points of them, and we only lost by 3 and we yeah. had we one. but
2: but, but your point is that when you were asking how do we mend it, you didn't say, well, our defence needs to change or we need a different shape and attack or, or the, our line-out drill's got to be different. You said, it, we've got we've to we've look at the environment.
1: Even on, on, on this run, and, and, and the point you make in terms of when, like Al says, and it is a big challenge, when you start losing, naturally, conversations are slightly different when you're winning and the thing that might get pointed a bit point more and all this kind of stuff. So it's actually how strong can you live this environment now? So we're losing... Actually, how we talk to each other, how we treat each other shouldn't change, but what we're talking about, we need to, we can't get too focused on the performance just because we're winning every single week now. Yeah. The, the, the focus has to be on both the performance and the culture. We can't get too carried away with one, because if we do that, we neglect the other. Sure,
2: sure.
3: So I was, I, so I was played through that, those, I don't know how many games we lost. I remember, I remember missing 16 tackles against Claremont at home. Um, and yeah, you, um, you weren't on the well, the opposite to, wing to Raka. I tried to no. He was on the other wing, and I tried. And he managed to weave his way across the pitch, and I managed to probably miss him five times. You, <laughs> you,
0: you, you sidestepped him five times. but yeah. he had the ball.
3: Um, so I actually lived through that process, and again, it goes back to the fact that at least we're able to have very meaningful conversations about why things are not working, and we're able to refer back to our history and our background and the foundations, and go, how are we going to correct this? I know that all the, plenty of other clubs, having lost six, seven games, will, will sit in a team meeting and say the same things, but perhaps they don't have the same foundation mm-hmm. of a bunch of guys in a room who've all been, who for the majority, because of the consistency, have been at that club through the thick and thin, can sit there and have honest conversations with each other. And it goes back to my earlier point. We're not paying these things lip service. At least we're then coming together constructively. And by the way, through that process, there are a couple of things I don't think we did right. And some things we did do, well, and then we ended up winning the Premiership eventually. So we're not always doing it perfectly. Not all of the conversations were great. Some of them were constructed in a really good way. Some of them weren't. Some things were brought up that I thought didn't really need to bring up. But overall, we got through it because there's a foundation of everyone being together mm-hmm. um, through this process, and that also comes through consistency of players. If we'd had, if last season we'd had ten that had left and ten that had come in. That conversation after six a uh, six game losing streak would have been very different, a lot more divisive, a lot more difficult to get through.
2: Yeah, yeah. Can, can, can I ask you to get sort of a paint a picture of of what it would be like for to, to be in 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 this gang that you've all been in? If if you're say Jack Singleton who's arriving next season, um, actually where well, he he'd been in before anyway. So, but if you're a new player coming in next season, you you arrive for pre season, you, you you start playing games. Who are the personalities around you that will first kind of uh, draw your attention? Who you want to impress? Who you might feel a little bit intimidated by? I mean, from the outside, we think, oh, Owen Farrell's probably scary as shit, and you don't want to you don't want to do anything wrong in front of Mark McCall, and that's just easy to say from the outside. So, from the inside, what is it like inside there? And, and, and how does that sort of uh, that that tapestry of of different characters sort of weave?
0: it's an interesting question i think everyone plays their role and and guys like um like owen will will drive standards continuously and he will he will ride guys if he feels that they aren't up to a level they need to be in terms of their their detail or the work they're doing off the field or their efforts but i think there's an understanding of you know how to communicate to 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 all people to new people to old people how to treat each other really well so i'd hope that a new guy coming to the club would be embraced i'm sure he would be embraced by everybody and he'd have 25 conversations on that first day with different people that are all along the same lines you know that 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 try to educate and Teach in the history and, and and just kind of teach a guy like Jack how important it is to be Part of the Saracen's environment and to live up to the, the ethos that we've created
1: I think the, the big thing is and it's been across the board for the last decade is that we want people to be a part of our if yeah. Joining the club Yeah You're joining for a reason we want you to excel with us so Whatever happens, whatever conversations happen with whoever, the only reason they're happening is because that person wants to make the person they're talking to you better. Whatever, whatever that conversation is. So you said about Owen. Owen's biggest thing is he, has, he just drive the standards massively. That's because he wants people to get better. So all he wants to do is help people be better, rugby players. All he wants to do.
2: Well, that, That's because he wants to win himself, isn't
1: it? Everyone that wants to win. Yeah. So, but no one's, no one's any different. Everyone's the same
2: Yeah we want to win and we win by having better players around us
0: I I think for me what what was a huge learning curve for me was arriving from South Africa and spending my first couple of months at the club and and realising that the coaches really wanted to understand me what made me tick how to treat me differently to everybody else you know there wasn't this one size fits all mentality it was (laughs) okay this is how we treat Chris this is how we treat Will this guy needs a bit of love this guy needs a kick up the pants sometimes you know um, Wiles likes to have three beers on a Wednesday you know whatever Marrow might want to have be on a, on a, on a treadmill on Wednesday night, that's fine. Every, it's, it's, it's kind of inclusive. Yeah. But there's an effort to understand what makes every single person tick. Wh-
2: which players in there would surprise you with their personality then? <laughs>
0: who's who's, who's
2: going to make you laugh in the, in the, in the dressing room? And
0: they're, they're, I mean, there are a lot of characters yeah, aren't yeah. there from like, even from the like the George, the George Cruisers. you know, a guy that's probably, um, his media persona is probably quite stoic and quite, quite, quite quiet, but it's, it's like any, any group of people There's there's uh, some amazing conversations and banter and, and fun that happens behind the scenes. Um, you've got you know you've got guys like uh, Alex Good we saw last week uh, made a bit of a splash in the media these, these are just like just good good people with great personalities and away from the rugby field they're, they're all very, very different but very fun bunch of guys it, it, it creates a it's a really nice team to be part of it's how it's the job's so good because so you do go to work with people you genuinely like yeah and which is Where, the... whereas nowadays is just I gotta work with Wilesie all the time it's, t- it's tougher you know you're stuck you are yeah, you've,
2: stuck. Made, you've made a, a decision
0: Voiceover describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. Voiceover on settings, so you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar. Double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from ten to eleven. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Cool fact.
2: Which of the uh, of the of the of the next generation, so we saw on in the semi-final Nick Tompkins in his hundredth game, so it's not like he's new, but that was kind of his his big standout g- game for from a public point of view anyway who who would you say we should be looking out for is is Max Malin's going to be as good as owen Farrell Joel Kapoku is the other one who's ha- ha- has a big reputation coming through um,
1: I, I, it's
2: hard to say as well as I said earlier, we're very fortunate that we've We've
1: got an incredible group of young lads coming through. Um, and that's the thing, you say, it's really interesting because you say from the public's point of view, last week was Nick's kind of almost breakthrough game, but it was yeah. just <coughs> And he's you've been, been, been seeing him play for years. He's been phenomenal for us, yeah. for yeah. um,
0: just, just on that, I think that probably goes, uh, goes away to answer the question about what happens if you know, somebody leaves. Well, well, Brad's been arguably the best player of the decade for Saracens, he's, he's phenomenal. Brad goes off in a semi-final after 30 minutes, tears a hamstring, you think, oh, hang on, this could really dent the team. Out pops Nick and scores a hat-trick, happy days, easy.
1: It is, and, and, and it's so true, and I think in terms of picking any one player out, genuinely, it's really difficult to do that, I mean, there's a handful of lads there, that will go on to form
0: the absolute core of <coughs> thousands in five years' time, ten years' time. Um, ben Spencer certainly yeah, had, a, had a stellar season. He, yeah, I think he's got into the, into the reck- reckoning and his star is shining really bright at the moment as well. So
1: Nick is equal, going good guy. But
0: that's again, you wouldn't
3: put Ben in that. Ben and Nick are established no, first-team well, players, well, they're well not. Well over
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, this is the thing. And, and again, I suppose it goes to show. <coughs> also what goes on behind the scenes that people don't necessarily appreciate with the club is actually we have these you know, some of we generally have some of the best players in the world yet you've got guys like Spano, like Nick who've played over 100 games for the club and in the press and in the public people assume <coughs> it's their twenty. yeah yeah actually how much the squad gets used within the season within a campaign and then when you talk about people then getting injured and people have to step in these guys have been in european semifinals they've been in finals they've played the big games so when you tie that all in with the environmental stuff then actually again they fit in pretty comfortably
2: can i can i ask uh, i when we uh, when the media talked to mark mccall in particular but but after after big wins and and that um the sort of question that he really hates is is uh it, the, when you talk about Saracens as a dynasty, you know, you've got you've got a generation of victories ahead of you. You know, you're you're, you're set here for years and and, and 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 in the back of people's minds is 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 this a, is this like a pause for delivery? <laughs> this is a business, man. Let's say we can't do podcasts all day. So uh, as we speak, Chris Wiles is going off to do a, a, his real job, his day to, job. Except the delivery. Yeah, but, that's that's yeah. OK. So the Menu beer's later. arrived, um, yeah. which disappointingly yeah. means I've got to go in 15 minutes. <laughs> no, no. My, my, my question is, is, we go, uh, uh, this is like Manchester United or Liverpool in, in the uh, 70s 80s or 80s or, you know, the, the famous um, uh, West Indies or whatever. Do, as, as, um, as a group of players, when you're actually playing, and you can answer this now because you're not, when you're playing, do you poke your head up and have a look around and, and ever go, you know, this is this is extraordinarily special where we, we do stand comparison with teams that I've just mentioned?
0: I don't think they do. Uh, we certainly didn't when, when I was playing. I look back at it now and I have that same reflection. I go, wow, this this is something great. This, this is something that I'm so proud to have been involved in. But I think as soon as you start believing your own press as a player, as a coach, you know that, that that's the that's when the wheels start coming off. So I think Mark does a great job in making sure people remain grounded and, and go that yeah. Well, we pay played a good season, we've played well, we've won a cup, but it starts again on Monday because all we have to do is take our, our foot off the pedal for a couple of weeks, and that comes crashing down. So, so the
2: boys in there, they won't they won't be stopping to pause and admire themselves.
0: No, no I think I think they I think they make a big. Uh, well, we always made a big deal about celebrating the victories, making memories, and making sure that like after the championship final, even though there was a game next weekend. The guys went out, and they made the most of that moment. But then there comes a point on the Tuesday where you say, OK, cool, guys, that's done. We park that. And we've got to move on. You know? And it's, it's sometimes quite, quite difficult because you get this huge, huge high you know, when you win games and win tournaments. But if you can't bring it back down, to, back down to ground, back down to earth pretty quickly, you can upset yourself in the long run. And that's what happened when we lost to Exeter after winning the Champions, the Champions Cup two years ago. Yeah, I think it, it's
1: it's one of these ones where there's no denying we've got a very special group of players and we're in a very special moment in you know, our lifetime as a club. But Mark, when we, the year we first won the double, the following pre-season, Mark kind of stood up in front of us and said, the funny thing with successes is that the more successful you get, the less time you have to enjoy it because the sooner you want to start getting back on the wagon and, and working again. So yeah. I think in terms of putting your head above the parapet and, and looking at, oh, we could be this team, we could be that team. As Al says, the second you do that, the whole thing starts to fall apart because the focus has to be on now. Yeah. Yes, we've done this, it's brilliant, but what can we do now to make ourselves better? Mm-hmm. What can we do tomorrow to make ourselves better? If you start thinking we're going to be this club that's going to have this 20-year, 30-year, whatever it is, then you start looking so far ahead you'll fall at a hurdle in between now and then. So I think mm-hmm. the, the reason we can keep ground
0: is because the focus is on the process. Okay. I think winning the, cup, the, year, the Champions Cup for a second time was quite a, an interesting moment because everybody kind of came back to pre-season and it almost felt a little bit deflated in a way because the first time around it was, so, it was so fresh and new and exhilarating and then you won it a second time and there was almost this expectation the sense of relief when you won it rather than euphoria like, oh, okay we've won it we were expected to win it thank goodness we did it and the guys are like hang on it's about, it's about more than just winning those big tournaments it's about you know every single day making the small moments count and cherishing just being in that, 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 that kind of environment every single day it was quite a weird moment for the guys
2: and um, <clears throat> okay, a couple of questions I want, I want to ask you about about perception. So, uh, a lot of the time with Saracens, there's a, there's a bit of an us against the world. Uh, it's you, you can't you can't criticise the style of play now, but but in it, as the team progressed, it was a very defence based team and and not the easiest on the eye, um, and it was easy to, to criticise Saracens because of that. And always, with the response from the club was. We're tight, we're together, it, it makes us feel stronger. A bunker mentality, you know, us against the world type thing. It, is, that, is, that, uh, is that an attitude that you kind of are forced to take on? Would you not prefer to be admired and loved and respected, or, or do, you act, do you generally not care? To be honest,
1: the most important thing is that the people within the group admire and respect each other. Yeah. So if people outside think we're boring or whatever, then quite frankly, as long as we know what we're doing, we believe in what we're doing. So I think. At the start, you are right. You know, those first few years, it was a very dull way of playing. I think we we played three phases. We had in three phases. We kicked the ball and then spat our defender to, to win it back turn it back over. But I think the reason we had that is because the focus at the start was on creating this survival. Yeah. So we put all our not all our eggs most our eggs in that basket, and then we really simplified the rugby because if we're trying to really turn this club around from a cultural standpoint and trying to play this really expansive technical style of rugby, they're two very thin, hard things to, to marry together. So the rugby was simplified because the focus is on building this environment. Then as the environment grows, you start to layer the rugby on top. Where you see us now, where we have this incredible environment and we play this incredible round of rugby, that we score a hat for the points. And I think that's that's part of this evolution piece that I was say, is actually this is where now the two sit together. So the focus initially was culture and then the rugby kind of caught up and the rugby potentially overtook a bit last
2: year and now it's going to have to be okay chris, chris is back what was the delivery chris
3: shout out to gypsy hill Hepcat, beat nick for the bar that delicious one. some delicious beer <laughs> <laughs> some delicious beer for the wolfpack bar queens park come here baby blood <laughs> to end beers www.wolfpacklager.com we
2: haven't yeah. done enough product placement we haven't <laughs> done enough product <laughs> placement <laughs> yeah. right we, we do, to, to do this honestly i've got to ask you one salary cap question mm. When the salary cap thing comes up, uh, in the media or, or, or Premiership Rugby raise questions about w- whether Saracens are within it or not, what is it, li- what is it like when you're within the club? Because I, uh, I imagine as players, if you're working hard and you're being successful and you're achieving, you would feel horrified if you were generally undermined with, by the knowledge that your club hadn't been playing by the rules without you knowing it. So how does the do the club talk to you and explain what's going on do you talk to each other do you do you go and and spit and speak to the management and say listen we need to know or or do you just trust and and go on I mean, you have to live through that it
0: probably goes back to your your last question which is how do you keep inside the bubble you know so what are the bits of information and that's what the guys talk about on the squad is what's in the bubble you know what are the things that matter and what's just white noise there's always a lot of white noise around the salary cap there's a lot of noise around um, you know different things that Saracens do the trips and all these kind of things yeah what are the things to take seriously? You know, so I know that the, there would be complete transparency from the club side to the players, and they would have had some, you know, some, some very good discussions uh, internally led by the leaders of the side and the coaches, and it's a very transparent environment. Of course, we aren't priv- privy to the, the details of the investigation, et cetera, et cetera. And personally, as an ex-player, I think, um, I think the club has been pretty, pretty open and upfront about where they think they stand on the matter. As a player, you've got to get on with your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got a contract in place. You've got an agreement with the club. Your job is to play rugby. Let the business guys sort out the business end of things. You know, so if, if it can distract the guys, if they aren't, if they aren't kind of focused, but if they stay in that bubble, they'll probably just say, "Guys, let's acknowledge this acknowledges exists, and let's make a conscientious effort to stay away from it and focus on what we have to do, which is which is play rugby." But
2: but will there be a moment? You said there's some transparency. Will there be a moment where it's discussed and the management address it? Of course. It? I mean, yeah.
0: they, this is a very close team and. Uh, and yeah, you can re- read all the hyperbole all, all over every single, you know, website. Whenever Saracens is mentioned, there's always some dickhead in the comment section that says, oh, this and that, and who paid for this, and who cares, man? Like, Saracens are uh, going through the investigation. We'll all see the results of that. And internally, the guys all know where the club stands on, on matters like that. So I, I, I don't expect that would be affecting the guys too much. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah, agreed.
2: Okay, let's move on to the final Saturday. So is there a <laughs> be the secret? There is a <laughs> final on Saturday, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Saracens are favourites. Do you three all think they are deservedly favourites? Can you see it going the other way?
3: I I think Saracens are favourites and I can't see him losing. I, I think an are a phenomenal team
1: have done it unbelievably well, but I think with the way the season's gone, especially the last couple of months, yeah, I think I think it's Sarah's game to lose.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Exeter, I think they've been fantastic not only this season, last season as well, and 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 just in the Premiership in general. They're so consistent. They seem to have their own culture, which is phenomenal. Um, but Sarries are just playing ridiculously good rugby. I mean, that how they took Gloucester apart after you know an early try, and then forty-four-seven up after fifty minutes was. It was ridiculous. So, and they realised these big opportunities. So, I can't see them losing this.
3: Yeah, I echo what the other two guys said about Exeter. Like huge amounts of respect for them and what they've done, their story, and how they've created their culture. But something about the firepower of Saracens right now. When you when you think of the quality of players across the pitch, and when they're gelling like they are, it's just too strong.
0: And they've been in those situations so many times that. Well, I was going to say Saracens. Finals, at, so Saracens
2: yeah. in May. Uh, in the month of May, you yeah. you know you peak in May. You get to finals in May, and, and I can't think of a poor game you've played in a fight.
3: Being a winger, not having to do much in these, some of the finals that I've played in. And you watch some of the players, you literally are watching on the wing, the kind of players that are running around doing crazy things. Cheers, man. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I can appreciate that Exeter definitely have those calib- calibre of players, but not in the same depth and not with the same experiences. Would not... you be
2: prepared to put a score on the final?
3: <laughs> no, but I... But, but I but I, know, I think I know which direction it will go. Back the boys, man. We just back the boys. Back the boys. Okay. Well, so
2: Before. just so just to wrap up, because we have got to the end of this, and thank all three of you, Owl and Chris, for coming. Uh, you're quite confident that you'll have the Saracens boys round here on Sunday afternoon. To celebrate a victory,
0: someone <laughs> needs to drink the beer, right? Yeah, i will be here way on Sunday. I'm, so, I'm not so confident we'll be able to get them out, though. That's, that's the issue. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, good luck with that. Thanks, boys, very much. Uh, this was The Ruck, a Ruck special on Saracens. Thank you for joining us. The final's on Saturday, and we'll be back soon.
0: iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone.
2: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.